There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with Tevin Pittman, co-host Catherine Brandt, Andy Brandt-Bernard, and Cassie Schrader, and Maxine Waters. <laughs> no, Max. Max. Yeah, Maxzilla. Maxzilla. I like it. Maxzilla's with us today, ladies and gentlemen. The young and talented Maxzilla. We'll be right back. Kick off hour two with the family. Recently, the four Walzer dealerships in Burnsville, Walzer Subaru, Walzer Honda, Walzer Nissan, and Walzer Mazda encountered a hailstorm. Adjusters flew in from around the U.S. to handle a claim on what will be over 2,500 new and used cars. They've drastically reduced the pricing on these vehicles, and there are some wonderful bargains available. But here's the deal. I normally hate the hurry-these-won't-last style of marketing, but in this case, it is true. It's not like they'll go into the back lot at night with hammers and make more. I also usually tell people to check them out online, but in the case of slightly damaged cars, you really do have to see them for yourselves. Stop out to Walzer Mazda, Nissan, Honda, and Subaru just south of the Burnsville Mall on Buck Hill Road. If you really want to, you can tell them Tom sent you, but that sounds kind of dumb. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. <laughs> We are back, ladies and gentlemen. My life on the line, how the NFL damn near killed me and ended up saving my life. Ryan O'Callaghan, how you doing, Ryan? I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself? Everything's going extremely well, uh, I think. 
I don't know. You know, I'll have to ask my wife. My wife is here. I'll have to ask her if my life is. Ex- what do you think, Catherine? It's amazing. Okay, excellent. Thank you very much. Great to be here. In one of the <laughs> darkest, most honest, and most compelling books about life in the contemporary NFL years, Ryan O'Callahan's plan was always to play football and then, when his career was over, kill himself. Yikes. Growing up at a politically conservative corner of California. Whatever happened to that corner? Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, that, that corner's got to be gone, isn't it? Actually, a lot of people don't really get it, but you know, the only real liberal areas in California are you know the big cities, San Francisco, L.A. And, so I suppose uh, like everywhere else. Yeah. Know, a lot of California is rural farmland, and most of yep. them are very conservative, and it's it's still up here the same. No, where where in uh, California are you? What what near like what town are you near? Yeah, so I'm in the, I'm in the city of Reading. This is where I oh yeah okay. Raised. It's about yeah it's, it's about 200 miles north of San Francisco. But beautiful it area. Couldn't be any different. God, it's a beautiful area. Yeah, it's a beautiful area. area. Uh, it has its little problems like everywhere else, but yeah, yeah it's a beautiful place to live. Growing up in a politically conservative corner of California, the not-so-subtle messages he heard as a young man from his family and from TV and film routinely equated being gay with disease and death. Letting people in on the darkest secret he kept buried inside was not an option. Better death with a secret than life as a gay man. I will stop right there, Ryan, because it's, uh, what a story this is. You know, tip of the cap to you because it, Obviously, it took a lot of bravery. Uh, you know, it's kind of weird, Brian. Before before we move on, let me say this, Brian, that I that I, since I was 18 years old, um, I got involved in radio and 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 voiceover and all the rest of it, and I've had an agent since I was 18 years old. So I pretty much have been around gay people my whole life because most the agents I ever had were gay men. So it never had. I, I just was never affected by it like other people, I guess. I don't know. I, I never cared. I can remember that a lot. What, you know, what color someone was, uh, you know, their their orientation, their gender, whatever. I never cared about that stuff. But people do deeply, don't they, Ryan? Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to understand, but so many people care so much about other people's lives and, and what happens. Yeah. And, you know, growing up as a kid, it... it you hear a lot of things about gay people in the gay community, and, and especially when I grew up in the early 90s, it was overwhelmingly negative. And yeah. As a child, you hear every single thing, especially if it's coming out of the mouths of loved ones. But, you know, since then, there, there's been some progress, um, you know, a little bit of change with marriage equality, and I think it's easy to argue there's been a few steps back here in the last couple of years, but, uh, you know, I'm happy things are getting better. Have, do you think that there have been a couple of steps backward in the last couple of years? Yeah, I, I, I think there's been uh, different steps from the administration as far as making it more difficult to even adopt a child or take away worker protections. I mean, just oh, recently yeah. there's been news articles. Just recently there's been articles out about uh, the administration wanting to make it uh, illegal to fire someone just because they're trans or part of the LGBT community. I mean, that, that's just that's beyond me. Why? You know, why you would want to do that? You know, they disguise a lot of these things as religious freedom when, yeah, you know, that's that's just not the case. You know, Ryan, I gotta I gotta be honest with you. I you know I'm not the most. I I grew up Roman Catholic, and I'm not the most most you know religious guy on earth. But I, I kind of highly doubt that God wants to punish anybody for their orientation. I'm almost certain of that, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish people would just uh, focus more on the love each other. You know part of the teachings and and just you know focus on that instead of the, the visit things and 
uh, what, what some people yeah, I don't know. that divide us. Do you think people, let, let's, let's say there are people out there that, that are anti-gay, do you think they are that way because somehow they think that makes them better? Well, it, it I, I don't, some people are very passionately anti-gay and you know, I, I don't know why they get so connected to it. I mean, maybe they can relate. Maybe they're hiding something. I don't know. But, um, you know, I, I, I it's hard to understand. I, I thought about that a lot, and I just, I just don't get how people can be so against it. But I also don't think a lot of people understand that there still aren't equal protections for LGBT people. And yeah. they see these parades and everything else, they think it's being shoved in their face, and they're like, oh, why don't we have a straight pride parade? I don't, I don't think they really understand that you know, there's just, it's not the same for straight and gay people in America today. Now, Ryan, did you, so, uh, just, to, you know, with your last name, did you grow up Catholic yourself? <laughs> no. Um, you didn't? With a name like Ryan O'Callaghan, and you're not Catholic? <laughs> well, so my, my whole my whole family on my dad's side is very Catholic, you know, nuns and cardinals. Oh, okay, okay. Way back. I thought so. My dad was raised that way, and. Growing up, you know, we, we did the church thing on holidays and when I went and saw extended family, but it was, you know, shoved down their throat so much growing up that they didn't want to do that to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, Which was appreciated. Yeah. I would imagine it's probably true. Uh, I, I explained a little bit about Ryan's career here. He, he played uh, University of California, Berkeley, spent five seasons playing alongside Aaron Rodgers, his good buddy. Then on to the NFL, uh, the almost under. Oh, so you played with that? What is that? The 2012 was that the the Patriots team you were talking about? Uh, so I retired in 2012. So I was with New England 2006 to 09, and I think the year you're referring to was that undefeated season. And then we played the Giants in the Super Bowl. And mm-hmm. lost. Well, so but yeah. you didn't play with Aaron Hernandez. I, I did not. Aaron came uh, after me. Yeah. Um, no, but but since then I've I've chatted with many of his former teammates, and you know I have a pretty good understanding of that whole situation. And you basically are, are kind of grateful that you didn't have to play. <laughs> he that that whole do you, that CTE thing is a different something. And someday maybe I'd love to have you back on to talk about that too, because there is very clear evidence that he he had. Uh, he had that situation. Okay, so you get to the NFL. You're now what? You're 22 years old when you enter the NFL. Yeah, yeah, I was about 22 when I left Cal. Okay, so so you, you're in the NFL now. Did you feel any anti-gay sentiment in the NFL when you first got in? You said 2000. What year was that? 2009. 2006. My 2006. First year. Yeah. So yeah. you know, my my whole backstory. I I chose to play football because it was a good cover for being gay you know i relied on oh. ignorance not thinking that a masculine you know big burly guy from conservative part of the world right could be gay and so i chose football and uh, it was a great cover well i get drafted in the nfl that was part of the plan keep playing football as long as possible and every year all the drafted rookies have to get together for something in the nfl they call it the rookie symposium where it's a few days of meetings on spending money and, and sex education and everything else. And one of these breakout groups they had was they brought in a former player uh, named Ezra Tuolu. And mm-hmm. I hadn't heard of Ezra. I, I had no idea who he was. But right. 
me, me thinking that the NFL is a great place to hide for gay people, one of the first people they put in front of me when I'm in the NFL is an openly gay ex-NFL player who's a, you know, a, a big guy like myself, masculine, retired defensive lineman. And, you know, I'm sitting here thinking that it's a great place to hide. And all of a sudden they put Ezra in front of us. And that was kind of eye-opening. And I never tried to make myself feel smaller in a room. But during that meeting, uh, one of the other rookies in the room thought it would be a good idea to ask him, um, I won't use the word on your program, but, you know, is it okay if I call you the F word since you're gay? And that was kind of my <laughs> first uh, question. Yeah, no, exactly. And it was like, and a lot of the guys in the room kind of groaned at him. and was like, you know, what the hell are you think? And you don't say that. And Ezra handled it well, but, uh, you know, that was a quick reminder that, you know, once again, not everybody's on board. You know, it's really amazing, right? Just reminding me, a couple of weeks ago, we had some friends over. And they brought along another guy that, that I had known uh, of. I didn't know him, but I had known of him. And so we're just standing around talking. And he's probably about 6'2", probably weighs about 320, and it's all muscle. And we're talking and we're just having a great time and all the rest of it. And I said, man, you, you really work out a lot, don't you? And he goes, I have to because I'm, I'm gay as a mother effer. <laughs> so he basically, it was hilarious, right? You'd have loved him, wasn't he? I mean, oh, yeah, great guy. Yeah, I, I kind of have a. I don't, you know, there's there's a lot of because you're gay, people think you have to do A, B, and C, and I oh, just, yeah. I try my hardest. I try my hardest to to fight that. I, I don't, you know, I, I don't I don't understand it. I'm not. I don't have to like Taylor Swift and. You know, <laughs> right I, I don't, Ryan, that was I don't, I don't play. I don't play along to that to that stuff. I, I don't, uh, and honestly, you know, personal preference. Guys that work out too much isn't really my thing, anyways. So. I got to be honest with you, Ryan. I uh, I am heterosexual, but I don't listen to Taylor Swift either. <laughs> I find I find her to be really annoying. Songs. Oh, she's so Come annoying, on. though. God, annoying. highly annoying. I, you know what? I, I appreciate her for her talent and everything, but it just. You know, the people I follow on Instagram and other things, it, she comes out with a new album and it's like the second coming. I don't get it. I, I don't, I'm not going to fall in these little, you know, groups. I just, I'm myself and um, people yep. can do what they want. Uh, we're talking to Ryan O'Callaghan about his book, My Life on the Line, how the NFL damn near killed me and ended up saving my life. So, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to get to the end of the book, but I do want to ask you, so, so life now is much better, I'm assuming. I'm, I'm hoping anyway. Yeah, life is, uh, life is great. You know, I, obviously, you know, besides the injuries and everything I got in the NFL that right. I have to contend with on a daily basis, my mm-hmm. personal life and all that is, uh, yeah, I, I really don't think it could get much better. You know, I'm, I'm, I love myself. I'm happy. I have a, you know, a good... Uh, personal dating life and um you know everything's going well i started a charity the ryan o'callaghan foundation in order to give back to the community and excellent i'm happy to say that all of my profits from the book are going to the charity and um yeah you know everything's going fantastic right if you don't mind me i've never asked a gay man this question and i i hope okay you don't mind me asking you so the very i'd rather someone ask questions than assume yeah well that's true you're absolutely right when at what age did you have have a uh, you know a thought that you might be 
and I don't want to say different even. I mean, were you young enough where you didn't even know what sexuality was? Because I understand that's that's pretty. I mean, you just, four or five year old kids don't know, do they? Well, before puberty, you know, a lot of your buddies are having little crushes on girls. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, all that little innocent thing. That never happened for me. So I, I didn't know I was gay then. I just thought, okay, I'm just not attracted to anyone yet. Things are maybe I'm a slow developer. But yeah, as soon as you hit puberty, at least as soon as I hit puberty, not only was I not attracted to girls whatsoever, but I was attracted to men. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you know, I, I thought, okay, something's wrong. You know, that, that's the thing about being gay. If, if you're gay, it's not only you're attracted to men. It's it's impossible. You're not attracted to women whatsoever. Um, you know, I, I tried my darndest for 29 years to be attracted to women, but I just couldn't find a single thing for whatever reason. Thanks a lot. <laughs> that's my wife right there, Ryan, by the way. She gives you the thanks a lot. Not one well, single thing. Yeah. <laughs> you're, 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 you're lovely, and you have plenty of straight men that, that are in <laughs> So yeah, you got numbers on your side. I'm dealing with 10%. I know. I'm just kidding. So, Ryan, you're, you're about 12 years old. You realize you're attracted to men then. And how... I'm assuming because of where you grew up in the you know rural area, or maybe just the times. Did you? How did you feel about that? Knowing, well, wait a minute, I'm attracted to men. Oh, it scared the hell out of me. I I didn't. uh, You know, I I, at that time I I didn't have anyone in in the public eye that I could look up to, or anyone in my family that was gay and accepted, or, or openly gay. Period. And you hear things coming from the mouths of your family and the people that you love and none of it's giving you any sign that you would be accepted or loved or, or, you know, in, in any positive way. So mm-hmm. it scared the hell out of me. And I knew I couldn't, uh, obviously couldn't say anything to anyone, but I also to myself, I thought, okay, you know, maybe, maybe I'll grow out of it. Maybe something will change, but you know, it, it just, it never, it never happened. I just, I never changed. So I, I immediately, became a very depressed kid and I stopped smiling and mm. my, my whole focus was was you know trying to stay hidden and do you at that point you go why why me why do I have to be at 12 13 14 year old years old why do I have to be depressed all the time why do I always have to feel that there's a problem I mean that's that's quite a burden to carry for such a young guy sure is it is a burden and it's it's you sit there every night and you question and then you wonder what's going on and you go over your options in your head of, mm-hmm. you know, can I, can I fake it? What do I do? And, um, you know, it, it gets extremely depressing and, you know, that, that the leads to a unfortunate number of, of suicides in the, in the gay community. And, um, you know, once again, I'm glad things are getting better for society as a whole, but, you know, it, it's still a massive problem. Is it really? See, so that that is something I, that I um, wasn't aware of. That it would still see. Once again, Ryan, I guess when you're in your own head, when you're in your head, and I'm in my head. I I just don't. I had no idea that gay people were still treated differently, uh, whether it's a little bit or a lot or whatever. Here's the here's the deal, Ryan. I have I have a question for you. That was Catherine, my lovely wife, that was talking there. Uh, so I'm a straight guy, but I just don't understand why I would possibly care what you do with your body parts. Why would I care about that? Good for you. 
Yeah, that's a great question to ask someone who has strong objections against the LGBT community. I, I, I mean, it's it's beyond me. But you know, the fact of the matter is, in most places across America, I can't walk down the street, you know, holding. Well, I don't have a boyfriend, but holding a man's hand that and not be looked at differently or, or really have words, you know, said to me, you know, I, I, it would take a very bold man to, to call me any name and get away with it. But uh, for, most, for, for most, for most gay men in America that, you know, if you're walking down the street, especially in a town like I live in holding his hand, you know, someone's going to yell out their car window at you. Oh yeah. That, that's just how it is. And, I mean, I was reminded yesterday that the Chico, the town south of me, where there's a university, sure. they had their Pride Day, and I was reading the comments on the on the news, um, the local news did a story on it, yeah. and there were hundreds of comments, just negative, bashing, ignorant, and you know, it's just reminders like that all the time that you know there's a long way to go. Well, Ryan, when Catherine and I walk down the street, because she's a very beautiful woman, we walk down the street, I do hear the "What the hell are you doing with her?" <laughs> Lady, what are you what are you thinking? You know, so I get that kind of it's you know, it's a situation yeah. like I said. It's all right. just, to me, it's just so interesting how your community makes all the difference in the world because yeah, here in Minneapolis, St. Paul, it's just like nothing to worry about. I don't think. I, no, I can't, it, it hasn't you know, been for, for a couple of decades yeah, at least. Absolutely, I think. it's just. I mean, and yeah, and it's just you know, it's too bad. I don't even. I don't even think about being gay anymore I, it doesn't even cross my mind until someone says something to me and okay. you know to me it, it's totally normal but you know i have to remember that you know outside and, and it's not but uh hopefully in the near future things things change um yeah i don't know exactly what it'll take but it'll happen see i think a lot of people most people who watch television or go to the movies or, or whatever it is, uh, they just assume that that whole era has come to an end and nobody ever bothers anybody for their, their orientation. But that's just not true, Ryan, right? No, that, that's that's not true at all. Maybe if you go to West Hollywood or, or San Francisco or Boys Town in Chicago, you know, you go to areas like that where, you know, it's quote-unquote normal to see two guys together. But, you know, the overwhelming most places... You know, it's people look at you differently, um, and like like I said earlier, most people don't understand. I think it's something like 19 states. There's only 19 states where there's equal protections really? for housing and employment, and um, there's no federal. Oh, I thought there was uh, laws against discrimination. Um, like I said, that the the current administration is trying to do things to make it even more difficult. So a lot of people don't get that, and. and you know, that's one of the main reasons why there are pride parades to draw attention to, you know, the, the struggles that the community is still having. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, that that does make total sense. I, I, but I think the average person, right, so we need more people like you to come, uh, come on shows and talk about your life and all the rest of it. Because I think most of us, not maybe not most of us, but a lot of us, think that those days have come and gone and now everybody's just treated fine and everything's, but it's not true. It doesn't seem like it's true at all. No, it's not true. And, and we need to continue to draw attention to it. You know, it's, it's going to be a big deal with, you know, athletes or notable people coming out and, until it's normal. Uh, you know, I think one of the things that will really help society is that one of these current NFL players who are closeted that, 
very notable person comes out, just, you know, sports, the NFL really in American culture has a huge impact. And, you know, I think something like that will open a lot of people's eyes and, and go a really long way with it. No, Ryan, I'm going to tell you something, and I hope you get a good laugh out of it because we did. 31 years ago, my wife and I, I also do a morning show in town, which we got to have you on the morning show too. That show has a huge audience. It would be good for them to hear about your book and hear from you. So I'd love to book you on that show too. All right? I'll take care of that. If that's okay with you, Ryan. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. Okay, well, i got to tell you something. So 31 years ago... We go out to, um, well, the Twins had just won the World Series the previous year. So Catherine and I, along with the morning show, goes out to Oakland. Well, we stayed at the, the Fairmont in San Francisco. But we went to see Oakland play the Twins because the Twins had just won the World Series previously. We also had a, a new baby boy, Andy, who's on the show with us today, as a matter of fact. So Andy, it might he might not even in one year. I think he was only about what six six months old, something like that. Yeah, he was just a baby. Yeah. He was just a baby still. And so Catherine and I are staying at the Fairmont, which is a magnificent hotel, and we we go in to get a stroller. And the guy behind the behind the concierge desk is being a real pain about it. I'm like, what is the problem here? Oh, a stroller. Nobody ever asked for a stroller in this hotel. What are you doing? What, what what's that all about? I said, well, we have a baby. We'd like to get a stroller, go for a walk. So we're walking down the street. And I saw this as humorous, Ryan. I really did. We're going down the street, my wife and I, and we're pushing a stroller with Andy, a little baby in it. And as we're walking down the street, these two guys drive by and holler out, effing breeders. (laughs) (laughs) Really? So, Ryan, I took a punch for you without uh, you even knowing it, pal. No, people are just uh, so delightful. you got to give it back sometime. <laughs> you got to give it back sometime. <laughs> Ryan O'Callaghan, we'll get you booked on the morning show. I'd love to to, uh, to hear you talking on the morning show, too, about my life on the line, how the NFL damn near killed me, ended up saving my life. I like it, Ryan. I'm, I'm glad you're, you're stepping up and, and uh, educating people, saying, hey, no, 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 the fight's not over. Because I think a lot of people think the fight is over. I do think they think that, so it's it's important that you tell people, well, it's not. It's not over yet, all right? Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, the fight definitely didn't end with marriage equality because that, that was really just the beginning. No question about it. Ryan, thanks for your time today, sir. Great having you on. All right, absolutely. I look forward to doing the morning show. Absolutely. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Ryan, Ryan O'Callaghan, the book's called My Life on the Line. How the NFL damn near killed me ended up saving my life. See, didn't you think it was pretty much, you know, everybody's treated much, much better these days? Well, I mean, just because you're accepting and it doesn't bother you and, you know, it's just not even, it really is a non-issue in yeah. our lives mm-hmm. doesn't mean for other people that it is. Well, I, fa- right. I face it coaching football. Oh, you do? Really? Well, there's some of the dads that, you know, they put their son in football. It's kind of a... Macho thing to yeah, do, and then they yeah. get on a team, and there's a female coach. They're kind of like, Wait, what? And a lot of men are shocked that I even know about football. They're like, You know how to play football? I'm like, Well, it's not complicated, I can figure uh, it out. You know, the reason why we march, another <laughs> reason why we march, you know, and because they have like the argument, like, Oh, well, like you didn't play, you couldn't play football necessarily, like it's usually a man's sport, and it's like, Well, half the coaches in the NFL were. 
terrible players, and that's why they're coaches. That's so why they're like coaches. The best players don't make good <laughs> coaches because they just go, "Well, you just do it this way because that's how you're supposed to do it." I was yeah. able to do it. Like, yeah, no, yeah. If you're a, you just you have to be able to explain and articulate it, and they weren't exactly. good enough to play, so they coach. I what can't I hold the bags as much because the kids are like bigger than me, and they're knocking me on my butt. But mm-hmm. um, I still help them with techniques and stuff, and the, mm-hmm. I, the kids actually look at me and respect that the fact that, and my son actually loves the fact that I'm his co- one of his coaches. So he's not embarrassed by it at all. He thinks it's cool. I understand completely. We shall be right back with the family. It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy, Michael Bilski. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done? At North American Banking Company, we'll take time to understand the customer's needs and wants and their plans for the future. Once we have a good understanding of that, we'll try to solve their financing dilemma. We won't take a cookie-cutter approach to any financing situation. Wonderful. So if I need cash to expand my podcast, you got a plan for me too? No. (laughs) (laughs) God, thank you. I see where this is going. Well, we love working with you. We can help any business, including a podcast that's already very successful. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. I still never liked you, though. You are. No, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't like (laughs) Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. They just don't come out. Oh. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you again to Ryan. Ryan was a great guest. Now, like I said, I'm very serious about that. I've been around because of agents and all that stuff gay men since I was about 18 years old and then they started texting me right during the show <laughs> no but I, I it just was always kind of like eh whatever one of my favorite people in the world a guy named Scott Linder he was one of my agents in New York when we lived there and I think you really liked Scott didn't you yeah. Catherine he was such a piece of work <laughs> he was funny I oh, he, was he, very he invited funny. us over for a little while Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, I only, I have like an hour. Can you come over for like an hour? So he's going to be all hospitable. So we go over and he's got, you know, he's got a nice little spread there. And, and after about an hour, we're like, oh, that's right. You've got to go. He's like, oh, no, I just said that just in case I hated you. Right. <laughs> yep. That's the ultimate hour. That was pretty good. He then told a story. I mean, he grew up in North Dakota, <clears throat> right? He grew up in North Dakota and he kind of knew that he was gay when he was younger. So he, he found this this cloth that he just pattern on this cloth that he just loved 
and he wanted to make a shirt out of it. And he got like these wooden buttons and he made this shirt. And he was just talking about how, how beautiful the shirt was. This pattern was just amazing. And so he goes to the North Dakota State Fair wearing his brand new shirt that he's all proud of. He goes, I cannot tell you how embarrassing it was. I said, what do you mean? He goes, so we get there and we're wandering around. I'm a teenage boy wearing my brand new shirt, this magnificent material that no one had ever seen before. And we get to the hoochie coochie dancers, and one of them's wearing a dress made of the same material. <laughs> <laughs> Just his luck. He goes, my luck. I'm wearing stripper paint, stripper. <laughs> there cloth. were strippers at the North Dakota. Yeah, well, they were hoochie coochie. They weren't really this. strippers. Hoochie, they were like coochie <laughs> dancers. Coochie. They were called hoochie coochie. Okay, dance. isn't that like 1900? <laughs> yeah, maybe really. there's a hoochie coochie dancer. Really? I call you that behind your back all the yeah. time. <laughs> there's my hoochie coochie right there. <laughs> yeah. Catherine it's my Hoochie new workout Coochie. program is Hoochie Coochie. Hoochie. <laughs> you could probably market that really well. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but Indeed. we'll market that. Indeed. <laughs> I have a feeling it's a lot of leg kicks. A lot of, a lot of jiggling, probably. <laughs> yeah, jiggling thing. <clears throat> Whatever, yes. A lot of jiggling and hoochie and hoochie. Gyrating also in there. Yeah. Hoochie and hoochie and up a storm. There's no doubt about that, but not, you know, it's gonna make you kind of sad. Here's a guy now, so he's well. Let's see, he was 22 in 2006, so he's 35 years old yeah. now, and he still has to deal with that. I, I, that amazes me that you still have to deal with that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, once again, it's not clear to me why would I possibly care if you stayed away from the kids and the animals? What you do. Right. I don't get that. Why would I possibly care what you do with your bits and pieces? Right? No. I don't have any idea. I I don't. It's got to be a masculinity thing with other men. Well, JB insists that uh, the black community, as the spokesman that Mm -hmm. he is for the black community. The black community. He he says being gay is not acceptable. Still. He believes. He believes. Yeah. Really? No, even, really? even in like so, even yeah. in Minneapolis, yeah. Because I mean, like, and here, like, because obviously we have a huge LGBT community, yeah. so it's like, right? You like, oh, it doesn't like really affect you, but there definitely are still people that, and especially now because more people are accepting of it, and it's like now getting kind of to the point where if you are against it, you're in the minority, so you're kind of yeah. the one getting ridiculed, so it kind of okay. pushes everybody yeah. to be quiet about it. But deep down, if you got somebody's inner thoughts it probably yeah oh okay be very upset well, even though it has nothing to do with them and their no. life the past gay people on the street all the time and you don't know about it and it's not no. like it ruins your day absolutely i guess i don't know the, the whole thing do you think lesbians are treated the same as what as who sorry you i'm silent lesbian in front of him <laughs> lesbian <laughs> oh we don't hide anything in our house. We talk about <laughs> oh, anything good. and everything. I'm glad to hear it. So do you think they are treated differently as, as well? As From whom? Like, well, just, you know, if they're, I guess, I, I don't know. The, at the Lynx game, apparently, there are a lot of lesbian women, and they get very affectionate and all But I don't think anybody cares. At the Lynx game? I guess, yeah. What? Just people just making out in the stands. I guess yeah, that's games? what I've never been to a Lynx game, Very but that's weird. what I'm told. But I also don't understand why would you care? Well, right. I, well, anytime if you're like a straight couple, yeah, like, I don't, don't make out. I want to see you know. I know. Makes everybody uncomfortable. Sorry, but I think with women though, it's like when women do 
manly things, they're mm-hmm. automatically labeled right. a lesbian. Right. Oh, true. yeah, you think so? Yeah, oh, yeah. really. For Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I Because I'm a tomboy. I grew up working on cars. Never thought always, you were a lesbian, sorry. But it a, never occurred to me. A lot of girls at school were petty and they. Would really? Say, are you gay? Yeah, I'm girls like, are mean. No, girls, <laughs> girls are mean. You're right. Are mean. They are. Girls are girls mean. Are mean. They are. They're oh, very God. mean. I That's why I surrounded my most of my friends are guys because I couldn't handle the pettiness and cattiness really? of, mm-hmm. of teenage girls. But no, like I don't know. I just I relate to guys better than I do women. I mean, now that I'm an, an adult and a mom and stuff, I can relate to other women more when it comes to that kind of thing. But I love to do guy things. I love yeah. sports. I love working on cars and fixing stuff and, you know, and yeah, in school, you know, and I even cut my hair really short, which probably didn't help <laughs> the image part of it. But yeah, they, they, thought, go. they thought I was gay. Did you have the crew cut? Yeah. I knew it. You had a crew cut. A pixie cut. That's what they call it on girls. Oh, it's a pixie cut. Remember, like when Halle Berry had the really had the really short hair, and I loved having that short hair. Oh, you didn't have to do anything to it. You just got out of the shower, kind of messed it up, made you know, put some mousse in it, and out the door you went. But. We got Andy and Tevin here. <laughs> yeah, have, not a lot of time spent okay, on okay, hair. First, when I was in high school, I had an afro. Yeah. Oh, awesome. so much! I had to get a mullet. You had an afro. I had an afro. Like it was huge. Was like, it huge? Was, like, out here, yeah. Oh my like, I could god! Fit. That's I a remember, lot of maintenance, isn't it? Oh, it was so much maintenance. You have to wake up, like shower, conditioner, and then like I had to blow dry it and pick it out. Hell and out of yeah, it. oh, it was it was ridiculous. And then it wasn't. <laughs> It wasn't in an afro. I had cornrows, which well, that was a whole nother. You had cornrows. I was oh, headaches. This will be baller. Tevin's last appearance on the <laughs> podcast. I was so cool because what happened was, I uh, Lil Bow Wow had a CD. I was huge Lil, Lil Bow Wow. Sure. Wow. Remember, I told my parents that if Lil they Bow passed wow. away, that I wanted to be adopted by Lil Bow Wow's family, so I could go live with him in Ohio because he was the coolest guy ever. Okay. And so anyway, so then you wa- met me in real life. On his right, yeah. <laughs> and so on his uh, one of his album covers, he had cornrows, and I was like, "Mom, this is what I want." And cornrows, so yeah. So she let me grow. She's like, "We gotta let your hair grow out." So I had an afro and uh, put in cornrows. Cause I, so was it just? How's that dealing with cornrows? Oh, it looks like it. Oh, itches. it hurts so bad. It hurts. Yeah. Is it really? Like, itchy? You, they're essentially they just pull yeah. your hair super yeah. tight, and then they like braid it back. And, and then how are you washing that stuff? Uh, you there's like some like spray stuff that you use, but otherwise you have to get it redone. Like once it get loose and you wash your hair. By the like, once it starts to get loose, then it gets itchy, and you have to. Oh. Yeah, you have to do the it, weave but... pad on it. Yep. You can't. Mm-hmm. You can't scratch because then yeah. you start pulling. See, it I remember. Yeah. I remember the first work. time I got them done. <laughs> the lady that did my hair, she like because it hurt, and I'm like crying pretty much because I'm the young kid, and she looks her mom, this old black lady, like looks at me dead in my face, and I'm probably like, I don't know, 13, 14 years old. And she looks at me and she's just like, honey. Beauty hurts. And she's like, Shut up Beauty and just well. sit there. Beauty hurts. Like, I was like, okay, she's not like, wrong. I can't, I can't <laughs> say anything. Like, just don't mind me crying. But yeah, I thought my head was bleeding. Oh yeah, yeah. Pulling on the, so and you used to have to use oil. Did you mm-hmm. use oil on the scalp yeah, they, to yeah. keep it moisturized? Yeah, so it the didn't oil. Crack. Yeah, the oil, and then like sleeping in like a do rag or like a head protective <laughs> thing. Oh, so that that's way, way still, too much work. Uh, Philip and his mm-hmm. do rags. It's hilarious. <laughs> Philip would still rock a do rag. Uh, oh God, yeah, little pomade. He's an OG. Yep. He still make pomade. Yeah, I'm sure. I think sure. They do. Got to. 
Really? You think so? Well, no. yeah, but and now it's mostly under like brand names, but it's yeah. still oh, pomade. It's still yeah. pomade. Yeah, like J. Crew makes it, and it smells. J. Really Crew's got problems. You see that? No. I guess nobody goes in their stores anymore because it's all Amazon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, they probably. Well, I know they sell their like salon products all over salons for men, but. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I just, I don't know. That's too bad. I hate seeing that happen. I know. I'm I'm trying to go to more stores now than to order on Amazon yeah. if I possibly can. Mm-hmm. I'd hate them. <laughs> I hate them. They become too powerful. The they are too powerful. It's interesting, right too. As soon as I started talking about how much I hate Amazon, I started getting all these little... We'll give you a gift card if oh you yeah. give us your information. I'm like, no way. They're on to me. <laughs> They're going to spy on, on me. To me. We got to reel her back in. my life miserable. Oh, no. They're on <laughs> to They're me. They're putting the bait out, Catherine. They know I hate them. <laughs> well, you didn't hate them too much. She goes, why did you go over there? Why don't you, why'd you, why'd you get it off Amazon? Why don't you just go to Whole Foods? I said, Amazon owns Whole Foods. So what's yeah. the difference? for a brief moment so in time. what's the that, difference? Yeah, they're taking over the world. They are taking over the world. It is really sad, actually. Yeah. Because I guarantee you, once they get a, a large enough share of the market, everything's going to be a lot more expensive. Once they ga- gain control, the majority of the market, we are screwed. Well, and if you notice, when you go look on Amazon for something, it's more expensive than it is at Target. Absolutely it is. It absolutely is already. Especially if it's a prime prime Mm -hmm. item because they say it's free shipping. They're putting that shipping cost right into the product. I bought a a chair on Wayfair Mm -hmm. and it um, didn't work with what I thought it was going to work with and I wanted to send it back. It's a $200 chair. No big deal. $65 to ship it back. Oh, really? I'm like what? Sixty five bucks. Like, you know, I'll just keep it. Sell it or something. Well, yeah. I know it'd be better just put it on Facebook and try to get what yeah. it was minus the shipping. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a nice, it's a nice. I mean, you know, all that wafer stuff's pretty much junk furniture, like mm-hmm. like IKEA. Unfortunately, you know, but that's what everybody buys. Nobody goes to a furniture store and shops anymore. Yeah, and what's true. weird is like stores like Kohl's. If you have an item you want to return to Amazon, you can return it to Kohl's. Really? Even though it's from Amazon. Huh. They yeah. they will they want accept. to get you in the store. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Kohl's so that's not like... a bad blunt. Kohl's cash? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah Kohl's, Kohl's cash. cash. Get that $10 Kohl's <laughs> cash. $10 off a pair of jeans. Yes. Yep. We will take a break here and be back in just a couple of minutes with the family. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. It's Tom telling you that you can lose an average of 26.2 pounds on the 40-day weight loss program powered by Nutramost. I lost 92.5 pounds in less than five months, thanks to the Sheehy Brothers and the Ultimate Wellness and Weight Loss Program powered by Nutramost. And I encourage you to let them help you lose weight as they teach you how to stay healthy and keep that weight off. Take it from me. Having a coach keeps you accountable, and it makes achieving your goals so much easier. Let the ultimate wellness and weight loss program powered by Nutramos help you. Schedule your immediate consultation or attend the Nutramos free dinner at 6.30 p.m. on Monday, August 19th at Jake's in Plymouth. 
Call now, 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Study data comes from client-submitted data to a third party for tracking of daily weight loss and progress is new to most weight loss programs. See website for full disclaimer details. Why are you laughing about that? <laughs> one dunk and you were yeah, oh, yeah. heaving? I was talking to Kat. We were talking about donuts. <laughs> And how donuts are not big sellers in Minnesota. Minnesota. I've never been a fan of the donut. Yeah, a lot of people in Minnesota aren't. I I can sit down and eat Krispy Kremes until I just passed out. They're so good. They are. They are. I do agree that they are Mm -hmm. good. But like a regular donut, no. No. I like crawlers. The ones that look like a tire. Not so much. Look like a tire. Well, they're they're like they're not like dense like a regular donut. Oh, they're They're not. Kind of like a popover in the middle. You remember popovers? Oh yeah, I love popovers. I haven't had a popover in ages. Who has popovers in town? Maybe not here, but in Florida, there's a there's popovers down there. You can still get a popover down in Florida. I wonder what that's all about. It's made with egg. That's what gives it. Yeah, all it's so fluffy. good. Oh, oh my God, it's put good. Put butter on that bad boy. Ooh, a little honey butter. <laughs> but Catherine was laughing <laughs> in my face because I did talk about the fact that when I was a little boy, if I dunked a donut in coffee and took one bite, I would begin to vomit. Yeah. I don't know what. So what? How old? Like seven, eight, nine. What are you drinking coffee for? It's seven, eight, nine. Like, I grew up dunking, in the ghetto. What dunking, do you think? <laughs> dunking your donuts in the coffee as a seven-year-old. His mom had 12 cigarettes rolling. And, <laughs> Whenever we ran out of great Kool-Aid, I started drinking coffee. That was the problem. Yeah, we were we were very ghetto-y. Jeez. <laughs> we were the no-doubt no, about no it. No milk just juice, so, just so, straight okay. to coffee. So the first time you dunked the donut in the coffee and you heave-hoed, yeah. you did it again. No, but that's true. You I have was to teach that. it a lesson. Because you have to figure it was it just a one time yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. A scientific theory. Same thing I do when I think like my milk is spoiled. And I think is that might be the reason I got sick. You drink it again. Oh, got sick twice. Got the milk out. It okay, is the milk. Yeah. It's not me. It's I the say milk. take no chances. <laughs> Trial and error. It. You yeah. got to try it. It's scientific. <laughs> oh, John still hasn't cooked, uh, hadn't booked that, that woman. The, uh, what? Oh, oh, Liz Askoff. <laughs> cooked. Almost said Askoff or Astroff. Astroff. Yeah, I yeah. sent it to him. I know. I got to. I got to get him off his ass and get her and book. She was him. phenomenal. Yes, yeah, she's very friendly, and I've been kind of texting back and forth with her. She's hilarious. I definitely want her on the show. She's very, very good. There's no getting around it, if you know what I'm saying. There's a little problem with Waco's Fixer Up. What is Fixer Up? Or is that a TV That's show? A TV oh yeah, show, yeah. it was. Oh. Oh, it's been it's on the even... air for like a year or two, I think. Oh, I oh, thought they were been? back on. I don't think so. Okay. Chip Gaines. I've heard that name before, Chip, Chip Gaines. Chip and Joanna Gaines. Yeah, they Chip are now Gaines, in yeah. designing things for Target. They're now millionaires. They're everywhere. They're oh, yeah, everywhere. final episode, April 2018. Oh, really? I thought their show came back because I remember seeing, unless oh, they maybe, came back with a different title. Yeah, the they show. do that a lot on those yeah. stations. They change the title. They rebrand constantly. Well, let me see if that's what they did here. <clears throat> it's called Fixer Upper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that the one that got canceled? Mm-hmm. No, it just ended, I think. Oh, it just yeah. ended. Oh. Chip and Joanna Gaines are famous for their gorgeous renovations of Waco, Texas homes for their HGTV show Fixer Upper. There's just one problem. The average price for homes sold in that area at the moment is around two fifteen. A lot less than, say, the $680,000 price tag attached to Seasons 2 Asian Ranch House, which is still on the market. Oh, that's nice. Wow. Uh, Fox News reports, uh, as the listing agent uh, representing the particular home told Insider, 
the owners purchased it for $262,000 before the Gaineses uh, fixed it up in 2015 with a $190,000 budget. The owners then listed it this year for originally for seven hundred and forty thousand wow. bucks. I know big cities do that, but Waco's not there yet. Well, the what they're said. thinking is that because it was on a yeah. TV show, on, yeah, yeah, that they're going to get the huge. Yeah, bucks they thought they could it. triple the price of it. That's but not the problem works. is, is that they go and buy these houses so cheap, but oh, yeah. the neighborhoods that they're in, they're they're right, pricing the house out of the neighborhood market. Right. It, mm-hmm. Nobody's going to pay exactly seven hundred thousand dollars. They should have a good real estate person yeah. telling them how to do things. Maybe you should only put sixty thousand into this house and not one hundred ninety thousand. Yeah. One of my favorite of all time, though, you know the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> oh my yeah, god, you, you know and mansion? the Beverly Hillbillies. So hilarious. It is actually cement, pretty funny. A cement pond. pond yeah. <clears throat> so the the original. Did you ever watch Beverly Hillbillies? <laughs> nope. There's a uh, there's a mansion. Not going to start either. They, I'm guessing. No. <laughs> you probably watched that Danny's House, the most annoying show in the history of television. I have no idea. What you're what? On the Vice Channel, no, Vice Land or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Honest to God, it's this guy. His name is Danny Brown. He's a black man in America today. Yep. And yep. he talks just like this. Let me ask you a question, man. And he goes, hey, 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 hey. He That's wants to he be laughs. the next Kevin Hart. Kind of a oh fake laugh. Oh, my God, is he annoying. Seriously, you need to kick him out of the tribe. You can't be black anymore. You're out. What do you think? Uh, we'll get the paperwork started today. I'll watch Honest a couple of the God. shows. We'll make it into Make a couple assessment. calls. Yeah. And basically that... the show is him interviewing people who are, who are talking about how women should only date gangbangers. And that uh, selling drugs and and robbing people is a good way to make a living. Nice show. You know. (laughs) It's like, oh, God. So in other words, just being outrageous so people will watch. Yes, that's exactly right. Are we over that yet as a society? Being outrageous? Never will. The Kardashians changed that forever. They ruined America, basically. They've been on the air for like 150 years, man. I know. They changed the world, though. They really did. Ugh. Well, Alex watched it for one year, didn't she? I know, she? and I told her she couldn't be related to me and watch that show. <laughs> if you watch that, don't ever come over to the house again. That anybody I know. Oh, it's just disgusting. <laughs> I mean, I just I don't understand. Let's see, your dad helped somebody get away with murder, right. and your mom sold a sex tape of her own daughter. Yeah, let's tune that right. in. It's O.J. Yeah. Simpson's fault that the Kardashians are. It is. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right because of Robert Kardashian. Mm-hmm. I know. I tell my the teenage, you know. Rippling Pacey, I'm like, why? Do you, why would you model yourself after some? Well, I like their I makeup. Know. I'm like, no, they're they're disgusting people. They're disgusting people. I don't even let them watch anything Kardashian. I said they're no. just gross. They yeah. are gross. <clears throat> I know. You, I don't know. I don't understand why they're popular. I can't. Ugh. I watched five minutes of one episode where I don't know. There was some one. I don't know how long ago it was. A white guy was married to one of them? Oh, yeah. Is uh, that possible? What? What's how's that even possible? Oh, yeah, that was at uh, Scott what? Disick. Scott Disick, yeah. He was oh, uh, Scott married to uh, Chloe. Okay. And he, okay, so... And, or no, and, Courtney. I, okay, well, well, whichever one. <laughs> she was in the kitchen. Who really and cares? another another Kardashian came in the kitchen, <clears throat> and they started showing him their rashes where they just were waxed. Oh, God. What? And that's, I'm like, and that's a show, and that's that. a television show. This is the content Actually, of the show. I think Scott Disick has a yeah, he has his own real estate show. show yeah, he does. It's called Dissing with Disick or well, no, something with Disick. He's doing. I think he's he's trying to you know fluff his ego here 
but he I think he he's a real estate agent and he's like going around showing these multi-million that's the name of the channel listed, listed with this yes so he's out of yep. the out of the Kardashian world know, but he's still sure. smarmy still as married. heck yeah. <laughs> he's still smarmy where did he come from why why was he a match what did he was nah, his notoriety he probably casted yeah they didn't just marry well, they, anybody. They married somebody who would get right. them. Because usually it's they date yeah, athletes, more and then somehow he yeah, came yeah. into the mix. The only Kardashian thing I've ever seen was a promo that ran because I used to watch The Soup mm-hmm. on on that the same channel on E E television. So they'd run promos for the Kardashians, and then Joel McHale would make fun of them. That's why he got <laughs> fired, I think, because <laughs> yeah, he made fun of the Kardashians. But there was a Christmas episode. And they're all doing the the secret Santa. Yeah. Right? And who's the brother? Rob? Is is it Rob Kardashian's the brother? I honestly could not tell you. Here was his delivery, and I'm not exaggerating. They go, and now let's join the Kardashians in secret Santa. And Rob goes, Kim, why don't you open your gift first? After all, you are the most rich person here. Oh. What? Just act natural. <laughs> what does that mean? You just should go first because you're rich. What? Oh, boy. I just, those people are so disgusting. I know. It is unbelievable. I, I thought that they were going to be canceled about five years ago, and here it is. No, years no. later. <sighs> there are people that speculate that Caitlyn Jenner did it just for the money. Probably. Oh, of course. Isn't just, that, they're all scum. Yeah. They really are scum of the earth. Now, they does really she are. have a show now, too? Ooh. She did. Caitlin? Mm-hmm. Oh, is it Pan canceled already? I think no one cares anymore. I, th- I want to say there was only like... Two episodes? Yeah, and it yeah. got canned. Nobody cares. Nobody no does. one cares. You no want to be a woman? Anymore. Fine. Just go do your yeah, thing. Exactly. You want to be a woman? Go be a woman. <laughs> we don't need to watch. I mean, it's it was cool like to see the transition when he went from a man to a woman and saw the picture. That was enough. That's all we need. Carry on. You know, so I said the same thing to Rachel Dolezal. You want to be black? Go ahead. Uh, Don't even get me started. Ah! (laughs) We are up against the break. (laughs) Boy, that's going to do it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tevin's not talking to me for another week. We'll see you tomorrow with the family.